We begin today, Shir 6, lines from the bottom of Daf Vov Omen Aleph. Before we begin the Shir, we glance at the side where we have a Nosei Mivne heading. We will be using a trapezoid or volcano shape for the following. Bamahalacha Gemara, we note on the side, through, through the course of the Gemara, Yuvu Gimel or Shloisha Mikuros, three sources, Tanaic sources, will be presented. Shemashma, from these sources, it will appear the Mutter Luvo Bio Rishon Abishabas, that it will be, uh, that one will be allowed to uh, engage in the first act of intimacy with a virgin girl, woman, who's now your wife, the first act of intimacy, Bishabbos. Umemela, if we assume that, if we conclude that from these sources, Koshe Amadomer Osir, this would present a problem for any authority who had ruled that the Biorishona is Osir on Shabbos. This, of course, was the subject of our previous shiur. You can note on the top of this Omad of Vov Amad Aleph, we saw uh, um, Shitas quoted in the name of the Beirav in Nahardah, as was mentioned above. Amongst the different opinions, we saw those that held that Bia Rishona is Osir on Shabbos. From these sources, it would indicate that it is Mutter. As each source is then presented as a question, the Gemara will attempt to resolve each source with the opinion that says, in fact, Bia Rishona on Shabbos is Osir. So we now turn to the Gemara text. Mosiv Rav Chista. Rav Chista presents a challenge, a question to the opinion that says Bia Rishona is Osir on Shabbos from the following source. Tinokes, a young girl, Shalohi Giazmano Liros. Uh, by the way, you should note that this is a long question. We have a long marking with a the on the side of the Gemara text, a one with a descending vertical dash line taking us to the second line from the top of Omid Base. So Rafista says that you see in this source, which features a Tinokis, a young girl, she is young, as we said, she has not reached her adolescence. Uh, literally, she hasn't reached a time in which she would ex- one would expect the female cycle to have set in. Phineas and she got married. The concept of a girl being married off by her father is something provided for by the Torah. There are also rabbinic pro- provisions for a uh, an orphaned girl who doesn't have a father. Her mother or brother can marry her off. So we're dealing with a marriage of a young girl. arba lelos. We allow her to engage in intimacy with her husband uh, over the course of four nights. And we assume that any blood that flows forth from her during those four nights is a result of the injury, the chabura that was formed by the, we'll say, the tearing away of the uh, skin membrane that exists in that part of the female anatomy as a result of the first act of intimacy. Blood that comes forth from a woman 
that is not non-menstrual blood, blood that comes as a result of a bruise or an injury, in this case skin being torn away from the, uh, we'll say the birth canal, that does not result in the woman becoming a nidah, becoming a menstruant woman. She is not considered tameah, she's not defiled as a result, and hence continued intimacy is allowed. Of course, when a woman is menstruant, uh, when uh, the blood is coming from uh, the uh, inner organs of the woman, the, we refer to the female monthly cycle, that renders the woman tmea, and hence forbidden to her husband in intimacy. So, uh, being that we're dealing with a rather young girl, she hasn't reached the age where one would expect a nidah cycle, a menstrual cycle to set in. So, we say, according to base Shammai, that any blood that she sees for the next, for, for four days of intimacy, those are what's called machmas hamaka. It's from the, the bruise uh, or the, uh, the, 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 the skin or the membrane that's torn away as a result of her first act of intimacy. We call that Dam Besulim and not Dam Nida. Beis Hillel does not confine or restrict it to four days, but he says that as long as the Maka, the wound or the injury is still bleeding, she is allowed to uh, conduct intimacy with her husband. If a point is of time is reached where intimacy takes place and uh, no dam appears, then we know that the maka has healed, and any subsequent dam would be uh, would be considered dam nido, dam that's mitame and would make her forbidden. Higias manaliros. Now we're dealing with a second type of uh, girl. Here she's reached adolescence. She's reached adolescence, but has not experienced a regular cycle, a regular sighting uh, of menstruant blood yet. Venises and this girl who is, we'll call her adolescent, uh, but she hasn't seen it and she gets married. The first night she uh, is given for intimacy, even if there are uh, a n- number of acts of intimacy during that first night, it's okay. And we don't ascribe the blood to uh, dam nido. Four nights until Saturday night, which if they uh, we assume they got married on Wednesday, so from Wednesday till Saturday night there are four nights. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and she is entitled to engage in intimacy with her husband uh, over that period of time. Now, uh, we dashed underline, you can see Ad Motsoi Shabbos Arbalelos. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. My love, is it not so, the E Lobal, that if he didn't have intimacy on any given night, Motsi Boil, Afilu he can have intimacy on the next night, uh, even if that happens to be Friday night, it happens to be Shabbos. So what do we see? What are we describing? We're describing uh, a case where there was where Biorishona could very well be taking place on Shabbos. So that's a question. This poses a problem for the opinion that prohibited Biorishona on Shabbos. 
If we look at the Rashi at the top, my love, Hanach Arbaleilus Ad Moitzri Shabbos, the reference in the source to four nights until Saturday, Naitikotoni, that was taught in the source, Lahachi Toni Lahu, it was taught for the following, the Lobo Gemura, if he didn't have a full active intimacy, a full-fledged, complete active intimacy, Motsi Limival, he can continue the next night to be boil, to have uh, intimacy, the Choldam Shu Moitzi Tomid, Baharoisov and any dam that is produced through these entrances, Habu Dam Besulim, is considered that kind of well, non defiling blood, Vishamina Mino Nami, and we also see from here the Mutter Livol Bechaburo Bishabas, that it's Mutter to have an initial penetration, uh, even though it results in a, in a bruising, in a Chabura on Shabbos. So, in very simple terms, Bio Rishona is Mutter on Shabbos. And that, of course, is a problem for any opinion that we saw cited earlier that prohibited it. Omar Rova, Loi. Rova says, no, that's not the understanding of the source. Labar Mishabbos. When the source speaks about the nights that we give her, that she is entitled to have a, a Biorishona, it's not including Shabbos. We uh, take a look at the Rashi. Uh, well, actually, let's continue in the Gemara. Omar lay Abaye Abaye says, "How can you, Rava, give that pshat, namely excluding Shabbos?" It says she gets four nights. She gets she uh, is entitled to the to intimacy until Saturday night, which represents a total of four nights. Now you can't have. Four nights, uh, being that she gets married on on Ravi on Wednesday, you don't have four nights unless you include Shabbos. Elo Omar Rova, the source that said we give her four nights until Saturday night. That is assuming that Bia took place before Shabbos, so that you don't have Bia Rishona taking place on Shabbos. So that the initial Chabura took place before Shabbos. The Gemara says, If that's the case, uh, that that bia, that intimacy had taken place before Shabbos, and you're not telling me uh, the heter of bia rishon on Shabbos, what's the what's the point then? Uh, what's what's the chiddush? Why do you have to tell me that you you're that she's entitled to four nights, uh, which will include Shabbos? If if it's not coming to reveal the chiddush that on Shabbos you can have the biyarishona, the Gemara answers. The answer takes a couple lines to develop. Komash Malon, the chiddush is the shori lemival b'Shabbos kiddushmuel that we're going to allow intimacy on Shabbos. In accordance with the teaching, or the chiddush will be as a result of Shmuel, Shmuel's revelation. The Yomar Shmuel, Pirza Dechuka, a narrow entrance, and we're talking about the act of intimacy, the woman who already had experienced an act of intimacy prior to Shabbos, the, the opening there in the woman is considered a small a small opening. Mutter It's mutter to enter it. That's a nice. It's a, a euphemism for uh, an act of intimacy. The male insertion. The even though there is additional 
literally knocking off of stones from the sides of the wall. We're describing a narrow entranceway as if you're walking into a very narrow alleyway and you're rubbing against the wall and knocking off stones. That's all a euphemism for the male penetration <coughs> into this newly opened passageway that had been opened before Shabbos. But it's still, there are still, we'll say, uh, little pieces of skin that are still attached that could be removed through this subsequent penetration. Now Rashi says Shemeshitzros, literally knocking off pebbles or stones. Nami here too, with the we'll call it the second or subsequent male intimacy, Dilma Mechabil Purta. There might be a little Chavola. Chavola is like Chabura, uh, creation of injury, of blood flow. But as a as it is a simple matter of doubt, maybe it won't happen. Maybe every maybe all the skin was broken at the initial intimacy. So since it's only a matter of doubt, we don't restrict him. Now the main point again we want to emphasize the actual first penetration first be the biyurishona. We're not allowing on Shabbos the Tanaic source that spoke about. Uh, four nights from from Wednesday till Saturday night, we entitle her to engage in intimacy and not worry about dam nida. That and those four nights will include Friday night. That's assuming that she had bia rishona before Shabbos set in. And then you'll ask, so what's the significance of pointing out that Friday night is also a time that we allow? And the answer to that is based on Shmuel's teaching about the Pirza de Chuka and the possible, possible uh, additional um, uh, bruises or uh, c- uh, created because of the narrowness of the opening. Mosiv Rav Yosef. We basically start all over again. We saw opinions that said that Bio Rishon on Shabbos is also. We're going to present once again a source that seems to indicate Bio Rishon is Mutter on Shabbos. The source says, Chosan Potter Mikriyashma, Laila Horishon, Ad Motsoi Shabbos, Im Lo Osa Maisa. Chosan is a groom, the fellow, the man, just got married. Uh, we, he is uh, offered, he's given an exemption from uh, reciting Kriyashma, the mitzvah of, of saying Kriyashma at night, uh, the Maila Risha means the first night, the, the night before he has had his first intimacy with this particular wife, with the Basula, the virgin wife that he just married. So the Chosun is exempt from the daily uh, evening requirement of Kriyashma recitation and this exemption applies until Admot Soi Shabbos He'll, he, can, he can be exempt from Kriyashma, again he is, we assume he gets married on Wednesday so if he hasn't had the initial act of intimacy uh, Wednesday or Thursday uh, or Friday uh, he's, all of these nights he's exempt from Kriyashma until Saturday night if he hasn't done the Bia Rishona. My love, is it not so, the Torid? He is, uh, in, Torid means he's preoccupied, he's incapable of saying the Kriyashma with the necessary Kavona, with the necessary intent and concentration. Why? The boy, the Mival. He's preoccupied on his need to have intimacy with his new 
uh, Basula wife. And that preoccupation uh, um, interferes with his ability to concentrate on the Kriyashma. And to just to, re, uh, to restate this, he is given an exemption from the time he gets married till Saturday night, uh, each night if he hasn't as yet done the Biyah, which he will which he is expected to do. So what are we expecting of him? We're expecting of him that if he didn't do Bia Rishona on uh, Wednesday night, on Thursday night, well then, you know, do it on Friday night. And because of that, we give him an exemption because he's anticipatory of his doing the Bia Rishona possibly on Friday night. So he's exempt from saying Kriyashma. But for our purposes, what do we want to emphasize? That the halacha is recognizing his doing, his fulfilling, his first act of intimacy on Friday night, which is Shabbos. So we allow Biyarishon on Shabbos. This is a kasha, a problem for those opinions that said it's forbidden. Omar le Abaye, lo. Abaye says to Rav Yosef, who tried to show from this source that you're allowed to do Biyarishon on Shabbos, not so. The exemption that we are offering him, which covers Friday night, if he hasn't had bio yet, the Torid the low boil. He is preoccupied. He's uh, incapable of reciting creation because he's 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 um, distraught that he hasn't done the mitzvah yet, the mitzvah of Bia Rishoni yet. So because he's mitzvah, as Rashi says, mitzvah shilobah, because he's distraught, we're giving him, we're granting him this, uh, this exemption. Omar le Rava. Rava raises a question, it, it's a couple of lines to develop the question. Rava asks Abai, are you telling me then that uh, that the Chazal are offering an exemption from Kriyashma because one is simply distraught? There's uh, there's distraught is a is a reflection of of a, of a state of mind, but it's it's not a preoccupation per se with the impending mitzvah that he needs to fulfill in a positive sense, distraughtness that we're describing here is simply a state of mind he's, he's upset that he hasn't done the mitzvah so because of being distraught we're saying there's exemption so because of preoccupation with his distraughtness we offer exemption if that be the case then if the man has invested in the shipping industry, and he sees that his ship is sinking at sea, which will certainly bring on distraughtness. Hachi nami de Potter, are you going to say that that too is in fact he is exempt from kriyashma? And if you say that simply being upset is the reason for exemption from mitzvos, the Omar Rabbi Abba Bar Zav the Omar Rav, Ovel Chayev Bechol Hamitzasumus Patoro. A mourner. Mourner is someone who is certainly distraught. He is not exempt from mitzvahs. He's ob- he's obligated in all the mitzvahs of the Torah of the Torah. Now, there's a bracketed section that we put in brackets simply to de-emphasize because it's it could be a little confusing. But uh, 
it's not, it simply says in the brackets, the Ovel, though we said he's high of an all mitzvahs, including Kriyashma, he's exempt from wearing tefillin on uh, the first day of his uh, mourning, because uh, a, uh, an, an Ovel on the first day of mourning, uh, the custom was to put uh, ash on his head, and you wouldn't want to put tefillin, which is called Pe'er, glory, on a place where there are ashes. But as I say, the issue of fill-in is not the focus right now. So what do we see from Rova's question? According to Abaye, the Tanaic source concerning the Chosan offered an exemption from Kriyashma because he's distraught in that he didn't do the mitzvah. When it comes to Friday night, if he hadn't done the mitzvah prior to that, according to Abaye, he's not allowed to do Biorishona on Friday night, but nevertheless he's exempt because he's distraught in that he hadn't fulfilled the mitzvah till now. Rava says that can't be the basis of exemption from mitzvahs. Elo Omar Rava Tanoihi. Rather, according to Rava, the issue is a machlokes tanoim. The Sanya, the Tonachada, one source says, in lo osa barishon, if he didn't do the maises, the act of intimacy, the first act on the first night, potter af b'sheni. So he's exempt from Kriyashma the second night. If he didn't do it on the second night, Potter Af Bishlishi, he's exempt on the third night. Now that third night is going to be Shabbos. The Tanya Idoch, another source says, Rishon Vesheni Potter, Shlishi Chayev. There is exemption on, uh, on the first night and the second night, but the third night, which is Friday, which is Shabbos, Friday night, which is Shabbos, he is obligated because Shabbos is a time that would be prohibited for him to do Bia Rishona. So Rafa is telling us that the issue of uh, Bia Rishona on Shabbos is uh, is, in the, is, an, is a Machlokas whether it's allowed or not. And if you see a source that indicates that one is allowed, so that would be in the in, in line with the first source that Rafa cited just now, that there's exemption even uh, Bishlishi, which is Friday night. Uh, the second source that's quoted here that says Shlishi Chayev, that's because Bio Rishona is Usr on Friday night. So that the issue of Bio Rishona on Shabbos, we call, Rashi calls Bilas Chabura, the Bio that will, will, that will create a blood flow, uh, is that allowed or not? That's the Machlokas Tanoim. And the source that says that it's not allowed, he is a source that will say, well, on that night, uh, the Chosan will have to say Kriya. He doesn't have the exemption of Kriyashma. If you see the source that says that there is exemption even on Friday night, that's a source that says you're allowed to do Bio Rishona. And hence he is preoccupied with how he is going to do that mitzvah, and hence he's exempt from the mitzvah of Kriyashma. The Abaye, now we turn back to Abaye. Don't forget, Abaye represented the opinion that no one will allow Bior Rishona B'Shabbos. But here we have a source, for example, the source uh, that was uh, quoted uh, uh, by Rova, the first source that we have listed as the Tonachada, seems to indicate that Bior Rishona is Mutter B'Shabbos, so what does Abaye do with that? How does he present, how does he uh, understand these two sources. Again, uh, uh, through Abaye's eyes, 
no one is going to allow Bior Rishona B'Shabbos. Rovel told us that that issue is a machlokes tanoim. Abaye didn't seem to say that. So, what does Abaye say about these two sources? Hosanami, he says, betir do pligi. The issue between these two sources is, does Tirdaw serve as grounds for exemption from the recitation of Kriyashma? Now, I'm sure everyone is asking, but didn't we prove, didn't Rava make a very strong case that Tirdaw being distraught is not reason for exemption? So Rashi answers that question, and he tells us that there's a difference between the Tirdah of one's sinking ship and the Tirdah of not having fulfilled a mitzvah. If you are distraught because you haven't fulfilled a mitzvah, that is reason for, we'll say, uh, that that's what's called a, a totally legitimate reason for being distraught, because you didn't do a mitzvah, and that's uh, considered reason enough to exempt you from another mitzvah. However, uh, when it comes to uh, one's financial loss, now, of course, that's a, that's a sad uh, a matter if one suffers a financial loss. We're not here to make light of that. But nevertheless, that is not the same level of gravity as being distraught over the non-fulfillment of a mitzvah. And as a result of that, Abaye will tell you that if you are simply distraught on a matter that's optional, like the sinking of a ship, that is not enough reason to exempt someone from saying Kriyashma. We would tell a person like that, hey buddy, yeah I know it's a, it's been a tough day, your ship just sank, but you've got to concentrate, you've got to get yourself, you've got to get yourself together and, and say the Kriyashma with the necessary uh, concentration. Uh, sort of like saying, yeah, forget about the ship for a, for a couple of minutes. Now, we, we're not going to say the same thing, says Abaye, according to one of these two opinions regarding someone who's distraught over not having done a mitzvah. We're not going to tell him, oh, just you know, forget about the fact that you didn't do a mitzvah. That's not something that we could tell someone, just forget about it for a few minutes. The, the, the lack of mitzvah fulfillment is a serious matter. And it's, it's enough reason that if someone is distraught over that, to in fact exempt him from Kriyashma. So, with that, we can then focus on Abayu who says that Tirda, but Tirda over the non-performance of a mitzvah, this is a Tanaic controversy. Does that uh, pose or present reason for exemption from Kriyashma? According to the first of these two sources, he it does. He's exempt because he's He's upset that he didn't do the Bia Rishona uh, uh, till now. According to the second source, no. Tirda is not enough of a reason to exempt him uh, from Kriyashma. Uh, this individual hasn't yet done the Bia Rishona. But not to suggest that on that Shlishi, uh, the third night, which is Friday night, we're not suggesting that he would be allowed to do the actual Vehani Tanoi Kihani Tanoi. Rashi explains that this is Rova speaking. The Tanoim that we just saw uh, through Rova's presentation, Tani Chada and Tanya Idoch, these Tanoim are paralleled. The Machlokis Tanoim that you see is paralleled in the following Machlokis Tanoim. 
the Sanya. Um, again, the issue according to Rava is is Rishona b'Shabbos Mutter. So we have a source that says Hakinas es Absula Lo Yevol b'Tchila b'Shabbos v'Chacham Matirin. The Tanakama says that one who married a Basula, he should not do his Bio Rishona on Shabbos, and the Chachomim say it's Mutter. Man Chachomim, who is the Chachomim that allow Bio Rishona on Shabbos? Omar Rabbo Rabbi Shimon he. The Omar Dover Shein Miskavi Mutter. This is in accordance with Rabbi Shimon that says a, uh, a forbidden result that came uh, from someone's action without intention for that forbidden result so that is mutter that's allowed so very simply put a man does uh, bia with the woman he doesn't he has intention for something that's totally allowed he doesn't have intention for something forbidden abai says how can even Rabbi Shimon, who's lenient, how can he allow Bio Rishon Abishabas? Is it not so that the first uh, penetration with a virgin girl is going to result inevitably in a blood flow? And I emphasize the inevitable aspect of it. That is, uh, uh, when you have a forbidden result that's an inevitability, and we spoke about this at length in our previous year, that's called a psik reshe. And even Rabbi Shimon agrees that when the forbidden result is inevitable, even if you weren't thinking about it or concentrating on it or intending it, it is still forbidden. Omar lay. So Rabbi answers Abaye. When you uh, view Bio Rishona through halachic eyes, uh, don't assume that the blood flow is inevitable. So Rabba says, Not like the Babylonians that don't know how to have intimacy uh, without causing a blood flow. Hatoya is a, it's literally is tilting. It's a, a, a positioning of the man when he enters the woman in such a way that would avoid actually breaking the membrane and creating the blood flow. So, Rabbo says, you, Abaye, who presented Bia Rishona as an inevitable action, an action resulting in an inevitable blood flow, that's because you're coming with your Babylonian uh, mentality, Babylonian approach to intimacy. So, Rabbi is saying, not like the Babylonians that are not expert in Hatoya, there are those that know how to conduct the intimacy without causing the ripping of the membrane uh, and the resultant blood flow. So, we ask in Cain, Toreid Loma. So, if it's possible to have initial penetration without causing. Uh, uh, the blood flow, the we'll say the pain and the um, the initial pain to the woman is, and and the ripping of that membrane. If it's possible then to do it in a very we'll say initial penetration, initial intimacy with 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 with, with, with pure comfort, then Torah Loma. Why do we speak about 
the person, the man being told, being preoccupied, being distraught, or anticipatory of the first act, uh, which is grounds for exemption from Kriyashma, as we saw earlier, when it can be accomplished without uh, the pain, through Hatoya. Vigamore answers, the Ptur, the exemption above, concerning uh, Kriyashma is Lisheino Boki. Someone who is not expert in how to accomplish initial intimacy without the accompanying pain. So, uh, if that be the case, then we have a we have a, a, a double standard or a two tiered uh, halacha. <coughs> so, this is something we generally avoid in hala and halacha construction. Yomru, it will then be said, boki mutter sheino boki. Asr. Should we then say that the Boki, the one who knows how to do Hatoya, he is allowed to do Bia Rishona on Shabbos, because in his case, the blood flow is something that is, is not an inevitability. And someone who is not Boki, so for him, we should then say it's Asr for him to do Bia Rishona on Shabbos. So if if uh, Hatoya is the 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 uh, main factor here in allowing Bia Rishona b'Shabbos, so then the halacha should reflect this as we just suggested that those who are expert in Hatoya should be allowed Bia Rishon Shabbos, and those who are not expert should not be allowed. So how is it that? Uh, how is it that there is an opinion that says in an unqualified fashion that Bio Rishon is mutter on Shabbos? The Gemara answers, Rov Bekian Hain. The majority of people know how to do Hatoya. Therefore, it's the Bio Rishona is not viewed as a psik Rasha. It's not viewed as an inevitable um, creator of a wound. Well, given that Bia Rishona is accomplished uh, through Hatoya, there won't be any blood flow. We take a look at, uh, first maybe we'll just translate, Shushbinin are those uh, people that accompany the uh, the couple there is a uh, uh, the couple who go into a private room for their first act of intimacy uh, after that act is accomplished so shushbinin these are these uh, we'll call the accompanying individuals they enter the room and we'll see more about this in Rashi what their role is mapa is the reference to a cloth. Uh, the cloth will reveal, let's assume we're dealing with a white cloth, a white sheet, that if she was in fact a basula, the blood will appear on the white sheet, indicating that she, uh, that this woman had her, this is her first uh, uh, act of intimacy, not having had contact with any other men prior to this. This issue uh, was, of course, uh, prominent in our uh, earlier shiurim. Of course, you can listen to them to appreciate the issue here a little more. Now, we must look at Rashi. 
again, we're dealing with the assumption now that you're telling us that Rov Bikinheim, and therefore Bia Rishona is therefore Mutter uh, B'Shabbos, according to Rabbi Shimon, where you, you don't have a Psik Reshe situation. Now, that being given, we look at Rashi on the third line under the Gemara. Now that we've established that there are those that are expert in in uh, intimacy without creating a blood flow, come on that which is taught later in this parak. Two. Uh, um, accompanying, if you want to call them, two guards are set up. Echad lo v'echad lo. One on behalf of the man and one on behalf of the woman. Kedei l'mashmeshes achosan v'sakala. In order to, mashmeshes, literally to feel them, to check them out, uh, the chosan and the kala, klomar l'vakir achreem, to check out after them. Shalom yinagu ba ramos betainus besum. So to, to uh, forestall any possible trickery concerning the issue of the basulam, the uh, um, evidence of virginity. Uh, this is discussed, as, we, as Rashi points out later in the, um, in the Perak, these people are there on the spot to, uh, to make sure that if there was a blood stain there, that the that the uh, husband wouldn't, uh, let's say, get rid of it and put in a false claim that she was not a virgin. Uh, and likewise, uh, the other guard is there to make sure that she doesn't bring in a pre-stained sheet, uh, know, knowing that she wasn't a virgin, and then presenting herself falsely as, yes, a virgin, a basula. That's the reason we have the shushpin in there. But now, as Rashi says, if they're if they're, if 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 they if it's possible to have the initial act of intimacy through hatoya, so of what benefit are these guards? In other words, you're going to have a birishona with a woman who might very well be a virgin. There will be no blood there and uh, the, the, the potential of his, uh, of his claiming that uh, she wasn't a virgin would still exist the fact that you have guards there isn't going to help the Gemara answers uh, third line from the bottom Omar Lane so uh, Abaye says back Hosom Shema Yireh Yovad. Maybe, you know, so you're asked, what's the value of having Shushbinin? It's for the following situation where uh, maybe he doesn't do Hatoya and she does produce blood, the sheet gets stained with blood, and uh, he will hide the sheet, he'll, 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 he'll get rid of the sheet, and then put in the, the claim, the false claim, oh, I didn't see any blood. You see, if he were to. Uh, if, if the Bia took place with Hatoya, and uh, he would then claim that, uh, oh, I didn't see any blood, she can say back, well, but I'm still a Basula. So the Shushpinen have a role to fulfill in the case that he didn't do it Bahatoya. And if he did it Bahatoya, as Rashi said, and then put a claim that he didn't see any blood, she would say back, well, you know, you didn't. 
you didn't create any uh, bruise in me. I'm still a basula. So if, if we just uh, uh, see, go over the suki that we've done till now from the second uh, volcano shape, we brought in a source which demonstrated that, which seemed to demonstrate that Bio Rishona would be Mutter on Shabbos. Abaye uh, said, no, it's, that is not convincing. That source that spoke about the Hosan exemption from Kriyashma is an exemption not because he's anticipating doing the Bio Rishona on Friday, but he's mitzayer, he's, he's distraught that he hadn't done the mitzvah till that point. Rava, of course, challenged Abaye and said that Tirda being distraught is not reason for exemption. The Rava then went on to show that the issue of Bio Rishona on Shabbos itself is a Machlokes Tanoim. Abaye, in relating to that Machlokes Tanoim, said no. The, it's, the, their issue is not allowing or not allowing Bio Rishona on Shabbos. Everyone would prohibit Bio Rishona on Shabbos. Their Machlokes is concerning Tirda over the lack of mitzvah fulfillment. Is that reason for exemption? The Gemara continues, Mosiv Rabbi Ami. Again, note that we have a long question. It takes us to the top line of Omid Beis. Uh, and in following our marking scheme, we realize that Rabbi Ami is going to be showing us a source that would indicate, would seem to indicate, that Bio Rishona is Mutter on Shabbos. This, as we said before, presents a problem for those that had ruled Bior Rishon as Osir on Shabbos. Mosiv Rebbe Ami, Hamafis Mursa B'Shabbos. One who presses out a pus accumulation on Shabbos. So a person has a... Uh, a, uh, a, a pus inflammation... Uh, pl- uh, uh, a pus pimple, and he he squeezes it out. That's mafis mursa. Im If his intention is to create an opening in the skin, if that's what his intention is, then chayav. If he does that on Shabbos, he is guilty of a Shabbos violation. And Rashi points out this is called an Easter of bone, a form of construction, making a hole in your skin, and that's your intention. If, however, your intention is simply to have the pus, lecha literally, the liquid released, then we continue at the top of Daf Zayin Oman Aleph, Potter, then one would be exempt. And Rashi points out that. In this source, when it says putter, it's not just a function of being exempt from a Torah level violation, but it is actually allowed as a first choice. So, what are we, what are we seeing over here? We're, uh, according to Rabbi Ami, he's drawing a parallel between the removal of the lecha from the pus pimple to the removal of the blood in the case of Bia Rishona. So, as Rashi says, this presents a kasha according to the approach that forbade Bia Rishona on Shabbos. The Gemara answers that there is a 
qualitative difference between the release of pus from a pus pimple to the release of blood from the uh, woman in, in breaking the basulim. Hasam pokid vi okir. Hacha pokid velo okir. In order to appreciate this a little more, uh, we look at Rashi. Hosam uh, gabi with regard to the pus pimple, pokid konus biachad, the the uh, liquid that constitutes the pus is accumulated together. The okir, Rashi continues on the third line from the top, kulo min habasar. It's completely detached uh, under the skin surface, but it's completely detached from the person's flesh. The oimeid lotzeitz. It's it's ready for exiting. All it requires is just puncturing that that uh, skin membrane and the the liquid flows right out. It's not absorbed whatsoever in the flesh. Hocha Rashi goes on. Hocha that's regarding the dam besulim pokid hu velo okir legamri. It's pokid as we explained extensively in our previous year. It's not fully absorbed into the skin tissue. It's accumulated, but it's elonivla ktsas b'ksolem. It's slightly absorbed into the walls of the, the birth canal walls. Even though it's not the same level of absorption or attachment to the body as other limbs and their blood content. Rather, it's in the case of the basulim, the uh, first intimacy blood is konus, it's gathered together. It's like it's absorbed and attached. It's not as detached from the flesh as pus released from a pus pimple. So as far as uh, the kasha that Rav Ami raised trying to demonstrate that Bia Rishonah should be mutter on Shabbos uh, from the case of Mafis Mursa, the Gemara says that's not convincing. The case of Mafis Mursa is much e- much easier to allow. Uh, whereas by the Dam Basulim, it's, since it's pokid below Akir, we're not going to be so quick to allow Bia Rishonah on Shabbos. As you can see, we have uh, triangles, and on the side of the Gemara, the Nosei Mivneh heading appears. And uh, at times, even though we're in the Dafyomi mode, uh, which would indicate that we've reached the end of our quota, we're, we find ourselves in the middle of a discussion, and hence we're going to continue to, uh, today's shear down into the uh, wide lines that you see here on Zion and Aleph. The triangles that appear uh, quite uh, in quite abundance on this Omid appear in two different directions. These are piske halachas, these are halachic rulings. Is it mutter or not to have the initial act of intimacy on a Shabbos? We continue then in the Gemara. Rabbi Ami Rabbi Ami allows Bio Rishon on Shabbos. Amri How can you allow Bio Rishona to take place on Shabbos? The, how can you allow the consummation of the marriage to take place on a Shabbos when the Ksuba, the marriage document, the financial document that guarantees the woman 
her what we call the Ksuba rites, that hasn't been written yet. The uh, understanding is that just after the Bio Rishona takes place and the man establishes that she is in fact a Basula, so the uh, marriage document with the um, required money amounts uh, are there are therein to be written. As we said, that would take place right after the Bio Rishona. But if you're going to allow Bio Rishon on Shabbos, how can you do so? Uh, is, is it not so that she will be lacking the Ksuba? You're not going to write it on Shabbos. Omar Luhu, so Rabbi, Rabbi Ami answers the Rabbonin at Fisuha Metatalin. We look at Rashi. At Fisuha Metatalin. Give her some, we will give her some portables of value that she will be able to hold onto as collateral, which would represent the ksuba lien that she has on her husband, until they eventually write the formal ksuba document which entitles her to have a lien on his land property. So that we're, we're not leaving the woman in a, I say, financially precarious position by allowing Bio Rishona on Shabbos uh, without her having the formal a Ksuba financial document prepared. She will be given uh, portables of value to possess as collateral in the meantime. Rav Zvid Another version of this is, is that Rav Zvid himself had uh, accomplished, fulfilled his own personal first act of intimacy with his wife on a Shabbos. Rav Yehuda Shorolimival Betchila B'Yom Tov. Rav Yehuda allowed B'Yom Rishona to take place on Yom Tov. Now, as we go on in the Gemara, you're going to notice we have some new markings. On the side of the Gemara, there's a squiggle underline and a double underline. It's Rav Popi and Rav Popa B'Divrei Rav Yehuda. Uh, uh, both of them, by the way, will be quoting Rava. Rav Papi, if you just glance at the Gemara, Rav Papi and Rav Papa both quote Rava. The double underline highlights Rava. And they are arguing, Rav Yehuda, who was in our triangle, allowed Bia Rishona on Yom Tov. Does that kolel gam Shabbos? Does that include Shabbos as well? Or, possibly, Yom Tov is treated... With a different standard, whereby you can have someone allowing Bio Rishona on Yom Tov on a holiday, but he won't allow Bio Rishona on Shabbos. This is a machlokas. So as we continue in the Gemara, Omar Rav Popi Mishmei the Rava. Rav Popi quoting Rava says, Lo Temo Biyom Tov Dishari Hobe Shabbos Aser. Don't say that the heter, the permission is for Yom Tov, but not for Shabbos. The truth is that likewise it would be allowed on Shabbos. The reason that Rav Yehuda said what he did 
is not that he was saying a uh, an, uh, say a, a, a halachic ruling in a vacuum, but rather he was issuing a heter to someone on Yom Tov. The incident took place on Yom Tov. So that Rav Yehuda, when it says in our Gemara, Rav Yehuda Shora, by the triangle, Rav Yehuda Shora, it was a story that took place on Yom Tov. But we should not understand from that that Rav Yehuda would allow it only on Yom Tov and not on Shabbos. Rav Popa Mishmei, the Rav Omar, Rav Papa disagrees with Rav Papi in, uh, as to what Rava said. According to Rav Papa, Rava says that there is a heter for Bia Rishon on Yom Tov, but not on Shabbos. You can see that we have a, um, a bracketed section. After this uh, bracketed section, you notice that we have more, uh, another uh, opinion regarding the uh, issue of Bir Rishon on Shabbos. So if we just skip the bracketed section momentarily, we go down and we see Omar of Yankiv Bar-Idi, Heira Rav Yochanan B'Tzayden, Osir Livol B'Tchila B'Shabbos. Rav Yochanan issued a halachic ruling that it's Osir to, to do Bir Rishon on Shabbos. You'll see again a bracketed section, and that will take you down to the second wide line where you see a triangle point up, the Hilchasa Mutter Livol B'Tchila B'Shabbos. So I just gave you a little bit of a flavor of the, of the uh, superstructure of this Gemara. Now, within the bracketed section, we're going to see a discussion between Rav Popi and Rav Popa concerning the issue of Yom Tov versus Shabbos. So, uh, before we continue with the Gemara text itself, we glance at the side. We have a tat, no say, a subtopic heading. Mosai amrinon haklal shel We're going to delve into a Yom Tov topic. Everyone probably knows that Yom Tov is distinct from Shabbos in several respects. One of the prominent respects is that on Yom Tov we allow uh, activities that are food-related, food preparation uh, preparation related. We call that Oichel Nefesh, which we would not allow on Shabbos. In other words, you can find fine, upright, pious Jews cooking on Yom Tov, which they would never be found doing on Shabbos. There is a concept that uh, evolves that says that since we allow food-related activities, and by the way, this includes, and here we must emphasize, this includes shechita as well, slaughtering. An animal, before it's slaughtered, you can't eat it. But after it's slaughtered, you're allowed to eat it. Slaughtering is mutter to do on Yom Tov under the heading of Mleches Oichel Nefesh. Slaughtering uh, at, the, uh, at the same time is also a, uh, an act where you're creating blood flow, obviously. It's a chabura. You're creating an injury in the neck of the animal as you slaughter it. That's a chabura. That's a chabura that's allowed do we extend this concept to non-food-related chaburas by virtue of the concept of since we allow it for 
Oichel Nefesh will allow even for something that's not directly food related. It has to be somehow Yom Tov related. You need the action for something on Yom Tov, but it's not directly food related. So that is what we alluded to in our comment on the side. We now turn to the Gemara, where we delve into the machlokis um, between Rav Popi and Rav Popa. Omar le Rav Popi le Rav Popa. Rav Popi did not make a distinction between Yom Tov and Shabbos. Rav Popa, on the other hand, made a distinction. He says that the heter is only Yom Tov related. So Rav Popi says to Rav Popa, My daitoch, what is your intention of being matir more so on Yom Tov than on Shabbos? Is it mitoch shehutra chabura l'tzora chutra nami Because of this concept of since we allow chabura l'tzora, we allow, for example, shechita, slaughtering, which is a Yom Tov necessity. And since we allow that, we allow it even if it's not directly food related, and therefore you're dealing with a with you're dealing with a, uh, a yom tov consideration. Elo meato. Well, following your logic, muter lasos mugmor biyom tov. Are you going to say that it's muter to do mugmor? What's mugmor? Mugmor is putting. Uh, different types of fragrances, spices and fragrances on coals. Smoke rises, a fragrant smoke will rise from the mugmar and enter, be absorbed, the scent is absorbed by different vessels and clothing, cloth. That's mugmar. So, Rav Papa says to Rav Papa, are you allowing the only on Yom Tov based on the mitoch concept that since we allow shita, which is a chabura, which is food related will allow a chabura as is the case in Rishona, even if it's not food related so based on that reasoning you're going to end up allowing mugmar on Yom Tov the mitoch shehutra havor since we allow fire burning for cooking purposes for tzorech ochel nefesh uh, we should then allow fire burning for non-food related purposes. And it goes without saying that no one would allow mugmar on Yom Tov. If you want to have your clothing or vessels absorb a pleasant fragrance, you better take care of that before Yom Tov. But Rav Popi is saying to Rav Popa, if your heter, which is strictly Yom Tov related, is based on this mitoch concept mitoch meaning since we allow it for a food related purpose we, should, we can allow it for non-food related purpose then by logic we would extend that to the case of mukmar and no one would allow that Omar Lay, Rav Papa says back Regard, regarding your suggestion, the Pesach says, Ach asher nefesh. And from this we learn, uh, this Pesach deals with uh, that, that which you are allowed to do on Yom Tov. Nefesh. Something that is uh, needed equally by all.
something that is of benefit to all in an equal fashion, that is the kind of malacha will allow on Yom Tov. Of course, if it's food related. Uh, in, and in that spirit, uh, biyah, the uh, act of intimacy, is something that's relevant to all. But mugnar is only for mefunakim, people that are very delicate and fastidious, uh, finicky people. They are the ones that would insist on mugmar, not the general public. So based on the Pusik, the Pusik then, Rav Papa tells us, makes a clear distinction between our approach to biyah versus the approach to mugmar. Omar lay Rav Acha Brei Dorova. Here's a question that lasts a couple of lines. Uh, Rav Acha uh, says to Rav Ashi, Elomeata, According to what we're saying now, that the Dover Hashavelachol Nefesh, Nizdami Lot Svi Biomtoiv, someone chanced upon a deer, an animal, a deer animal, on Yomtov, Hoyl Vieno Shavelachol Nefesh, Hachi Nami De Osur Lemishkate. Since it's something uh, that's not common to all, are you going to tell me that uh, slaughtering a deer on Yom Tov would be forbidden? And we know that's not true. But according to the uh, according to Rav Papa's response, only something that's shava the nefesh, something that's uh, equally enjoy, uh, enjoyed equally by all, only that kind of thing is mutter. A, a deer is, uh, would say, is a fairly uncommon type. Uh, animal, hence it's hard to classify it as Shavalachol Nefesh. Uh, the deer, of course, is an animal that lives in the wild, and until you finally catch it, it's not so easy, it's not something that uh, people in, in general uh, benefit from. So are you going to tell me then that it would be also if someone does happen to have a deer, he's not allowed to slaughter it on Yom Tov? Omar Lay. When the Pusik says uh, things that are food related are allowed on Yom Tov, the Pusik is, is uh, uh, allowing things that are of a need to all. The Tzvi, the deer, is a type of meat. Meat is something that is needed by all. So that the slaughtering of the deer is not parallel to the case of Mugmar. Mugmar is not something that we would describe as Sorech Lechol Nefesh. Uh, the slaughtering of a deer producing for you meat is something that's Sorech. It's needed by all. The fact that it's not common, that it's not enjoyed by all because of its well, uniqueness or rarity, that does not detract from its permission, from the leniency that we allow regarding its slaughtering. So, as far as we're concerned, uh, the slaughtering of a deer, these are things that we allow. Uh, let me say, um, and Masha'en Kane as opposed to Mugmar. So we now go back to the Shitos regarding Bio Rishona Omar Rav 
Yankiv Bar'ili, Hira Rabbi Yochanan, Betsaiden, Osir Livo Betchila Beshabbos. Uh, you should note that we have an Aleph over here. There's a, a base means a second version of, uh, of this of presenting Rabbi Yochanan will appear later on. So Rav Yankiv says that Rabbi Yochanan Hora. Hora means he issued a halachic ruling inside. Inside is the name of a place that it's forbidden to do Bia Rishona on Shabbos. Uh, you can see that we have a bracketed section on the side. Hesper uh, Hasogram, this starred note reads as follows: Achrei Hasogram. After these curlicue brackets, Hagemora Tamshich Bepsika. The Gemara will continue with issuing halachic rulings. So that's the uh, the uh, curlicue style brackets. There's an additional type bracket that you can see. Achrei Sograim Elu. The angular brackets. Muvah Loshon Hasheni Bedivrei Reb Yochanan. A second presentation of Reb Yochanan will appear. Toch Sograim Elu within these angular brackets. Hagemora Dona. The Gemara will evaluate. Im Shayech Loshon Hayroa Leisor. The word Hayra Hayra, as we said, is a halachic teaching, halachic ruling. But does that word, hoira, indicate, or can it indicate, something of a restrictive nature? The way it appeared in our Gemara, in fact, that's what it was. Rabbi Yochanan was hoira, that Biorishon HaBeshavaz is Aser. But is that an appropriate word when the ruling is one of stringency? So, uh, as our note says, the Gemara will dan im shayef loshen arol iser umaviyah shnei makaros shemarim harol iser. Then the Gemara will say, yeah, we can. We'll show you two sources in which the word hira is used to indicate something of a restrictive nature. So now we turn back to the Gemara. Everyone, uh, hope sees where we're picking up from the uh, bracketed section. The last thing we had read in the Gemara was Rav Yankiv Baridi presenting Rav Yochanan as saying that Bio Rishona is Usr on Shabbos. If we skip the angular brackets momentarily, use your bracket length indicator. You can see on the right-hand side of the Gemara text a vertical dotted line. If we skip that, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchok Masni Hochi. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchok Presents this in the following way: Amar Rabbi Avo, Shaul Rabbi Shmuel ben Yankiv the Minzur as Rabbi Yochanan betzaiden. Rav Yishmuel from the community of Tzur asked Rabbi Yochanan in Tzaiden, Vano Shami, and I heard it. Mal livo betchila b'Shabbos, is it mutter to do be a Rishon on Shabbos? V'yomar le, and Rabbi Yochanan said, Oser, it is forbidden. So you can see that in both versions, Rabbi Yochanan is consistent with his ruling of Bio Rishon as being forbidden. And we had not underlined the word Osir in both versions so that you can see uh, immediately the consistency. Now let's go back to the beginning of the angular section of brackets. Umi Iser. Having heard Rabbi Yankiv uh, quote Rabbi Yochanan using the word Hoyer Rabbi Yochanan resulting in a restrictive ruling is that possible? 
The Gemara says, in yes, the word hara can appear in the context of a ruling of stringency, as we see in the following source. The details of this source are beyond the scope of our shear today, but for all we have to see here is that Basil had issued a ruling that necessitated the subject of that source to observe, to observe an additional seven years of Nazariteship, which represents restriction, non-consumption of vine or grape products. Nazir is famous as being forbidden in drinking of wine, other restrictions as well. But it represents an area of stringency, of restriction. And in that very context, you see the term horuha being used. So we have hoira le'iser, v'inami hihadesanya. Alternatively, you can see in the following source, likewise, the word hoira appears. You'll see it's dashed underlined two lines later from here. Uh, it says here, chut hashedr shenifsak berubo divrei rebi. This source deals with trephos, uh, disqualifying features in animals regarding their permissibility of consumption. So a chut hashedra, a spinal cord, uh, if it's if the majority of it is cut in an animal before, of course, before it's slaughtered, that animal is a trefa. Rav Yankiv Omer Afilu Nikev, and Rav Yankiv is more restrictive, even if it's not majority cut open, if it's merely penetrated. A Nikev is a hole in it. It is a trefa. Hoira Rebbe. And Rebbe himself, he ruled like Rebbe Yankiv. And Rebbe Yankiv represents a more restrictive ruling in this context. So you see the word Hira used with regard to restriction. Omar Ravuna, Ein Halacha Rebbe Yankiv. Ravuna was a, uh, an Amora. He takes issue with this uh, restrictive ruling and says we do not follow Rebbe Yankiv. The issue, though, is not. Uh, germane to our sugya now, the issue of trefas that, of course, uh, we discussed in Maseches Chulin. Rav Nachman Yusok Masni Hochi. Rav Nachman presents uh, the uh, ruling of Rav Yochanan in the following fashion: Omar Rabbi Avo, Shal Rabbi Shmuel ben Yankiv, the Mitzuras Rabbi Yochan Betzayden. Rabbi Shmuel from the city of Tzur asked Rabbi Yochanan in the town of Tzayden, Vano Shami, and I heard it, Mal Livo Betchila B'Shabbos is Rishona allowed on Shabbos. V'Omar Le, Rabbi Yochanan said, Osir, it is forbidden. The Hilchasa and the Gemara concludes Mutter Livo Betchila B'Shabbos that in fact it is Mutter to do Rishona on Shabbos. The Heter, of course, uh, if you wanted to explain it in detail, that would require going back over the last two dapim of Gemara uh, in order to explain what the heter is based on. But for our purposes, without going through such a an exhaustive and thorough review, it's sufficient to realize that in today's Gemara, at the end of uh, today's shir, this omid of Daf Zion presented uh, uh, quite a few opinions in both directions 
do we allow Birishon and Shabbos or not? The Gemara itself concludes that it is mutter.